The following is a conversation between friends that realize that they grow as they explore in life in a setting of a friendly chat. No matter the topic, setup, day and time, there is a magic that lets us go deep into opening our souls, leaving us better than when we entered. This episode is about making friends in a big city, where I, your host, will share my life story of moving to London and social adventures I found along the way. My friends will bounce back on my experience with open hearts to bring us all pure joy. But before we go into the episode, please listen to short introductions to all of us to help you connect better. For I think the last 10, 15 years, I've been changing schools and changing cities and stuff like that constantly. And not once did I actually think about uh, this idea of building a social circle or or sort of, you know, seeking that proactively. This was Amok. He's an artist. Amok is also currently in Barcelona. So from time to time, he will transport you to the atmosphere of a Catalonian beach on a Monday evening. I feel like yeah, making friends are not, it's, it's not that hard. Like to, to get to a state where you can call someone a friend, but, um, making what we call friendship to last is actually harder than like starting one. This was Jason. He's a philosopher. Jason has a very special technique of how he thinks about mundane things. He showed me how he does it and perhaps he'll share it with you too. I really hate feeling like people have booked my time and it's, I, <laughs> it makes me feel like it's a meeting at work. Like if someone says in two weeks time, we're meeting at 2 PM in this location, I hate it. Like I just, I like to live my weekends and evenings where I have no concept of the time. I kind of have no idea what the time is. And I like that. That's what my weekend is for me. This was Kiran. She is a storyteller. Kiran knows how to share her life story in a way that is more engaging than Netflix. One day we will organize a masterclass. It's maybe a generalization, but I think, especially in urban cities, you have international people, people who come and go. And I think we're the generation where we've grown up with social media. So you collect friends as well, and you end up with hundreds of friends on Instagram and hundreds of friends on Facebook and, and I think everyone's slowly building that and you're making more and more shallow friends because you're spending your time just hopping between each other and you don't have the time to make the deep friendships. This was Arno. He's purely authentic. Arno is one of its kind and I struggle to imagine anyone in this world not being able to connect with his humble soul. And this conversation started with me, your host, Yulia, a wanderer, sharing my life story of moving to a big city of London. I just wanted to share um, a personal story today. Just a um, quick overview of the last uh, four years of my life that uh, sort of make me think that there is a, a question that is pondering in my mind and um, I want to understand whether I'm alone with it as I'm 
the only one who's struggling or perhaps are, you know, other people out there that uh, can help me to live through, through all of this. So the story goes is that I think um, a bit less than uh, four years ago, I landed in, uh, in London. Uh, technically, I, I landed uh, in Luton, so not quite London, but still, that was my uh, big arrival to, to this country directly from, from Kiev. And what's funny about it is that that exact moment, I realized that my social life has changed completely. I basically lost it, right? One day ago, um, I was living in the city where I almost grew up, built all my acquaintances from, um, actually at that point, I, I didn't have friends from school or university because I moved cities, but still there was a very strong friendship circle and people you're doing stuff together and it's all very natural because you all come from the same culture. It doesn't require any effort whatsoever. And it's just a part of life that you don't even think uh, meeting those people is equally super easy because the city is uh, quite compact. You go to the same places, you always meet one person or another, and you don't always think about this. You don't have a problem and you don't think about it. You just uh, sort of naturally have it. Maybe not don't appreciate it or appreciate it, but it's just a part of your life. So that moment in Luton, I just felt, oh, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's no longer that. And oh, what's sort of funny about it is that, um, I'm definitely not alone. I did some research just to give us a perspective on the numbers. So last year, 2021, half a million people moved to the UK. Imagine the number. So there are half a million people like me landed, hopefully not in Luton, somewhere else, but yet came, came to this country, right? And at that point, again, as of June, 2021, six, uh, six million people were living in the UK with a different nationality. So it means there were six millions of me living in the country and feeling that they just, um, lost, uh, lost something, um, 35% of those people ended up in London, not surprisingly. So we live in the city where the third, the third of the cities, uh, basically like me, uh, which I cannot uh, see, which makes it interesting, right? So I just want to walk you through my journey of, um, how I ended now, where I am and what I needed to, to go through thinking about again, on back of my mind, did, I, did everyone else went through all of that, or am I the only one? Did I have the same strat the different strategy or yeah. So I think the, fir the, the first, um, the, the start of this was, uh, really funny, um, because for a few, for a few weeks, you sort of fine, but then you start realizing that, okay, this, uh, like sort of, uh, phone walks don't really work. Like you're really missing this, um, the connection that before you, you used to be going to a bar and having a natural conversation and now, uh, you just need to pick up a phone and it, it feels good that you have that person, but you realize, well, it's sort of not the same and 
I think also by that time, uh, because it's that sort of pre-pandemic, people just didn't like, we were not used to it. It was not, not normal doing it. But I remember, uh, like I was, I was really trying hard. <laughs> it was, it was really fun. Um, I think that, um, I, I started seeing friend opportunities in uh, every moving and living being. Like I saw that every, every people on the street is potentially could become my friend, right? Imagine how awkward it felt, uh, smiling to people on the tube. They clearly were not ready <laughs> for this challenge. And, uh, I didn't know much about the culture, by the way, as well, that, uh, that was a very socially awkward behavior. Uh, for me, it was normal. Um, I was, uh, I was confusing colleagues for a friend and sometimes, uh, Cause in Ukraine, it was different. It's uh, we were actually friends at work. And I think in the majority of cases, it's sort of not, um, people don't look for friendships at the workplaces. So sometimes it's really awkward to, uh, invite somebody for a, for a dinner and then they misinterpret it. So there's like a lot of this social awkwardness involved and, uh, yeah, you have your need, but they don't have it. They need to go to the, to their family or to their, uh, friends and they don't want to be bothered, but equally cannot say no. So <laughs> you go through this ups and downs, emotional. Um, I remember that, uh, I, my, uh, gym subscription was, uh, ultimately replaced with, um, even bright that became my ultimate, uh, exercise place <laughs> for my social, uh, muscles. I went to all sorts of events, uh, on different topics, uh, there actually were a lot of them. They felt awkward. Again, I was trying to make friends, but thinking about it from the like topic perspective, like, you know, I don't want it to be random, but if we are here and here we are talking, I remember I went to the sustainable architecture meetup. Well, this is, we can connect. Um, I wouldn't say it worked out in many cases, but, um, yeah, it's sort of, uh, was really useful, but it was a really, really intense time. What I remember, I think it's like a first half a year. I also had this rule that I didn't want to socialize and this is maybe awkward. And, um, I don't know why I did what I did, but I didn't want to socialize with people from my cultural background because I was looking at it, that I came to a new country to build a new life. And I'm clearly have a lot of cultural gaps with the, the English, uh, culture. And I wanted to understand, uh, like how, how is it to live in a different way? And also what I thought is that if I will now start becoming friends with everyone that speaks my language with every Ukrainian in the city, it will be almost like being in Kiev. And then making friends with every stranger on the street, right? That's not how friendships are made. So I had this rule, um, it was not making it any easy. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember it was really, uh, intense, very purposeful, um, exhaustion. And I think at some point it started, uh, bringing some results out, out of, a out of a thousand events <laughs> that I went to, uh, a few, uh, I think a few were quite successful. And, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, they built, uh, they, they built quite a strong, um, group of friends, 
that I was, I was really enjoying. It was just, it was mysteriously beautiful. Like all the powers of serendipity coming, coming together and people meeting each other. What are the chances meeting each other in central London never happens to me, but yet meeting each other and, uh, randomly and planned dinners and, uh, every meeting is just socially beautiful. Like you just vibe on each other, you reflect and you become a better human. And it, it felt so good. I remember we started organizing this wonderful Sunday brunches. And for me, it was something that was bringing me back. And even like, it was even better because now all those people are caring about the same things in their life. Um, so it felt very good. And I felt like, well, I, I, I'm probably dreaming. You know what? Next day I wake up. Probably I was dreaming because it felt like the next day, all of those people moved out of a bloody London because nobody stays here for wrong, right? And it's just, just, just a few state. Um, I don't know. People just moved to their homeland. Somebody moved from England to Scotland. Somebody moved to our outskirts of London, moved to different job country. I don't know, uh, get a family. So they, they just disappeared. Um, fast tracking through that moment, uh, up until now, I think now four years, things stabilized in that arrival <laughs> of me into the UK, but it still, it still feels very, very different, um, to what I had four years ago. I don't know, maybe Luton has something to do with it. Um, suggesting all the people who are moving to London go to Heathrow, uh, not to follow my, uh, my mistakes, but yeah, there are friends, uh, it is good. I really value all the people who are around me, but at the same time, um, I want more and I also don't want to constantly have this problem of distance, like. Just cities too big, and you know, if you live east and west, it's really, really hard to maintain social links on a daily basis. There is also this planning culture that is unnatural for me. Um, my social like style is very um, ad hoc and chaotic, and let's go somewhere now. And, and no, I don't want to book it in four weeks from now. <laughs> that's that's all what I want. Um, I think also people naturally gravitate towards new communities that happen to them for reasons. So feels very different. And the, I guess the existential questions I, I have personally, and I want to put in front of you and just to see how we, like, what we can make of it is just to understand, well, you know, what is a friendship in the first place? Um, why we need it so freaking much? Like, why is it, why is it bothering me for the four years to make good friends? Um, what is a formula as well? How, what, what makes a friendship? Like how, how they made, how people make friends? Is it just this organic, we grew up together? Is it different? And if there is a formula, can we change it? Should this be just the grew up together thing? Like what, what are the criteria? 
do you need to have something in common or do you need to go through something really hard in your life? What is that? Can you, can you understand it and design it? Um, and probably the, the biggest question that is in my mind is that if there are so many lonely people like me who landed in that Luton four years ago, and they also looking for friends. Why nobody is screaming in the tube? So I can kick off because first of all, thanks for sharing that. I think that was, uh, was loaded and maybe something that's just very close to any urban human experience. It's like trying to find your tribe and your vibe. Um, but I have, I have like, I think I'd like to share really quick my experience, which is for, I think the last 10, 15 years, I've been changing schools and changing cities and stuff like that constantly. And not once did I actually think about, uh, this idea of building a social circle or, or sort of, you know, seeking that proactively. I think, um. Uh, there were some bits or some years where I was just more hermity by myself with some people here and there, but then there are also bits where I'm just randomly part of a very active social group and I've never really, I don't know, thought about it from the, from the angles you're coming from. And in terms of, so it makes me think about like, what do we, what does friendship really mean? How do different people chase it or like, want it in their lives and I'm not sure like I'll say I'll be captain obvious and say there's probably not a cookie cutter idea of what friendship means to everyone but I think for me everything that's been more organic and serendipitous like you said have usually been the ones that have stood out and the more I can I guess I've had the chance to experience things with people the the most like the less superficial those friendships have been like i kind of shared the idea of how amok sees it see friendship because i feel like yeah, making friends are not this is not that hard like to to get to a state where you can call someone a friend but um making what we call friendship to last is actually harder than like starting one. Cause well, yeah. Um, let's say I, when, when I came to London for the first time and luckily I went to a school where you can make friends. And now I think maybe 10, 15 of them, I call them friends and the rest I would say, oh yeah, I went to school with them and like. Would you say, would you hang out with the others? Um, I chose not to on my graduation day, <laughs> uh, with, because my friends weren't there, but the ones that I knew were having like a dinner thing. So I didn't go. So yeah, I think friendship. And if I look at the friendships that lasted or like, I, I still, uh, consider as friends. They are the ones that I can absolutely do nothing with. 
rather than having to do something with. And I think that's, so for example, if Kieran or Amog, um, or any one of you come to my place and sit down with no, no aim, no goal, no purpose, I'll be fine. I'll just have a good six, eight hours of nonsensical chat and then be like, that was fun. Like, what did you do? I don't know. I think those are the friendships that I personally like. It's not about what I share with them. It's more about like, is it okay to not share anything with them almost? So it's like lack of expectations from friends because I don't know. That's, and also to your point where you're like, uh, what, which point was it? I don't forgot, but, um, when I, yeah, yeah, the, how, how compact, um, like KFE is and how easy it is to meet people. So like me being from Seoul, which is also a pretty mega city, people come and go, but, um, my closest friends actually live in the same like apartment district. I live on the eighth floor and my friend lives on the ground floor and the 12th floor in the same building. So we just text each other. We don't even say a sentence. We just say cigarette and we just come down to the parking lot and smoke a cigarette and just bitch about the world for no reason and go back up. And I was like, huh, that felt good. That's <laughs> a, it's really random. You don't really do anything. It's, it's more about, um, the assurance of, um, having someone like around you or like the access to that feeling. I don't know how to define it, but yeah, here it's a bit different. I think where it's, it's big and like, I, I can see that people are busy than usual, like then, then like my usual friends and less spontaneous meetups, as you said, um, but I'm kind of okay with that because I just feel like I, I've kind of accepted that at some point. Can I be at your place in an hour? That's how long yeah. will it take me to get to you? I might not be there, but. Oh, oh that's wonderful. I think that's a other point of not funny and taking it easy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also another like, um, like proof of being a friend, like, oh yeah, my, I'm not, I'm not at my place, but yeah, go in and chill. Or like permission to open my fridge, like little, little details. Like <laughs> I think those are the ones, like those are kind of the proof of like, um, non-superficial relationship, not having to ask much, but still getting a lot, but I don't know, not giving much, but you feel like you're getting much. Don't know. It's a weird one. I just, oh, I, so I stayed silent because it's, it's really complex for me and I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to unpack it. Um, cause I guess I am the token Londoner. So this is my home. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends that I've known for years, but they're friends that I have made through networks where you naturally make friends like they're through school and like my university was in the UK um 
like I went to Canada for part of it, but then like kind of have stuck friends, especially with the ones who are back in the UK. Um, and the only time I was trying to relate it to what you explained earlier is when I moved to Berlin, but again, went with my partner. So there were two of us. Um, but I remember at the time, so I didn't speak a word of German. Um, I only knew two other people there. Um, and I didn't necessarily make an effort to make friends, which I don't know whether I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like I remember looking on Eventbrite and there would be meetups for people who are new to Berlin from like other places in Europe. And I remember just staring at these events for ages, just being like, I should do it. I should go make some friends and just like, for some reason, not being able to actually like click accept and go and attend versus like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So I think I was kind of okay with the fact that like, maybe I haven't built a big network here, but I also maybe kind of liked it because it can be really hard to like, um, I don't know, just like have alone time or have like, as Amog mentioned, like times where I'm a bit of a hermit or like, I have more time to reflect. And so in some ways that was a nice thing of like, I'm in a new city, like, I don't know, just kind of absorb and not have to necessarily worry about making friends and building a social life. Although I did really miss it and often just like, just had to like tag along to kind of extra things that my partner was doing or like my work was really small. It was like two other people. So we weren't necessarily that social. Um, but yeah, so I, I think now if someone plonked me in London or a new city that was as big and vast as London and I had absolutely no network, I have no idea what I would do. <laughs> I don't even know where I'd start, especially, yeah, if it was a completely different culture. Um, but I I thought what you said about the planning culture was also really interesting because like I, I think lockdown helped me realize this. I really hate feeling like people have booked my time and it's I <laughs> it makes me feel like it's a meeting at work like if someone says in two weeks time we're meeting at 2 p.m in this location I hate it like I just I like to live my weekends and evenings where I have no concept of the time. I have no idea what the time is and I like that that's what my weekend is for me like I can check the clock and suddenly it's three and I'm like oh like we're halfway through the day like I I just like not knowing that and it's something I miss as a kid when you used to have like a proximity of close friends that maybe just play on you like play on the street with you and you're just like someone rings your doorbell and you go out and play and like next thing you know it's like eight o'clock at night and you have to come in for dinner like I miss that that to me is like fun hanging out versus now because everyone is all over London it's a I someone has to check a calendar and they have a calendar full of events I'm like I hate that I don't want that um but yeah it's really tricky and I it's also I struggle, I think, because um, I can constantly say, I want new friends, but then I don't know how to make time for new friends. And I think it's part of the, um, <laughs> I think it's part of me realizing that I like alone time in lockdown or like kind of me time. It's part of the fact that the culture of planning doesn't fit with my personal culture of living my life on my weekends. And also like, I don't know what a better way of saying it is, but there's kind of like a backlog of friends. Like you have, especially if like this is your home place. And like, as you say, a lot of people drop in and out of London. So there's kind of like a constant flow of like people you're keeping up with. And then, you know, some drop off organically, but the rest just stay. 
And it's just like, if someone then is like, what are you doing in two weeks time? I don't know. Maybe I don't feel like meeting anyone that day. Maybe I'm really tired. Like, but then if they're like, what are you doing today? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to go to South London. Like, I, I don't know. I can just feel really tricky. So I, <laughs> I don't quite know how to do it. But then, yeah, I think I just need to, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But then some of my best friends with like, you just connect with something that's deeply personal and maybe the opposite to what Jason has. Like, sometimes it's like, I will connect with someone on one particular thing. And then like, a friendship is kind of born, but sometimes that friendship is in the moment and it's lost and that's fine and that's beautiful. And sometimes your network allows you to keep it up. But other times it doesn't. I don't know. It's, a re I, it's really complex. <laughs> but it's beautiful because it's complex. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, why did you, did you say yes to those even bright in Berlin? Like, why not? Why not go and meet just random people that moved to Berlin with you? I think it was knowing the social energy that's involved. Of, um, if I, I'm one of those people when I'm home, I like being home, but when I'm out, I like being out and I'll stay out. So if I start from home and I have to put myself into a very social situation where it's like every part of my body is like social hat on, you know, like I have to engage with lots of people, all of them are brand new. I won't necessarily do that. But if I had met with someone first, we'd gone for drinks and then it just builds on from that. That's already fine. Like I can happily do that. And I love meeting new people, but it has to like, I have to have like either already be out and social and in a social mood or I have to kind of have like a partner or someone that's like I'm, I'm doing it with like a friend that's like I don't know we've got like a a backup conversation I just hate the thought of like it's the same like networking I hate networking like um yeah I, I don't think I can start from home and go full social that's too much I fully agree with what you were saying here, uh, I think, I think we all feel this way to a certain degree, but it's maybe a generalization, but I think, especially in urban cities, you have international people, people who come and go. And I think we're the generation where we've grown up with social media. So you collect friends as well, and you end up with hundreds of friends on Instagram and hundreds of friends on Facebook and. I myself has a, have a huge backlog of chats that I have to reply to friends. I have like, if I could, I could have like three hour calls every single evening with friends, with the people that I can catch up with. And I think everyone's slowly building that and you're making more and more shallow friends because you're spending your time just hopping between each other and you don't have the time to make the deep friendships and. I think that really comes, and one thing that I felt recently is, uh, I guess similar to with Yulia, I'm sort of the more spontaneous kind of person, and I wanted to spend more effort, I guess, to a certain degree, being friends who are sort of around me. And so every time I move, I, I guess I put more effort in the, the friendships that I have now it slowly sort of evolves over time. Uh, and, but yeah, I think, I think very much the slowly chipping away of your time 
does really affect your ability to, um, I think to establish deep friendship. And I think another thing is, uh, one thing I've felt is if you know one person in the city, that's already a good, like a really good stepping stone to know more, you're more inclined to go to events if you go with someone rather than going completely alone. And maybe part of the issue is, you know, when you come to a new place, maybe, you know, if you were assigned sort of like a buddy or like a power friendship or something, and you really focus on that first and then you blossom out of that, I don't know, maybe that's how an approach that we could take. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> and it's beautiful. A beautiful voice. Sharing beautiful thoughts. I like the, I think it's sort of a common thread about valuing what, what you have, like don't go in for the numbers, but if you have that one connection, that is good. Just, um, just focus on it. Don't feel that it's not enough, you know, just get focused on, focus on the positive and the positive energy will drag all the other good things to you like don't try i guess where i'm hiding to don't try to replicate what you had elsewhere focus on what you have here now and how it feels and it, it it's by definition you should not it's not supposed to be the same right because your life uh, changed you were like your life today is different compared to your life yesterday just just accept it and see the, see the beauty of it. And even if like, even if the connection is shallow as Jason is saying, uh, appreciate that as well. Uh, if you can just like stay with that one person, don't say anything and it feels uh, good and it's, uh, comes and goes scary as you say, just be there, be in the moment. Don't set expectations that the life will be as it was. I think it teaches us to, every time I'm, I'm reflecting on this, it teaches me to appreciate, appreciate things when they are happening in the moment, because at some point you realize, oh, this will never happen again. But they all little beautiful moments that are very special. Can I pick up on something Arno kind of touched on? And I wonder how people deal with it is, um, something I struggle with is, um, to what extent is like, I feel like sometimes with friendships, it's just a lot of catching up versus experiencing. And I think especially with everything, a lot of relationships, um, rely on digital, like it's through messaging platforms. And at times I feel like a lot of it is just catching up, like the, how are you is what happened with this and how's this going? But actually, like if you were meeting people face to face, like there is a part of that, but it's also a lot about like, I don't know, like just the normal interactions that you're having, that's kind of like physical in front of people. But sometimes when that's digital, I just feel like I'm giving people a lot of life updates versus like actually being friends. And I slightly struggle with that. It's probably why I also sometimes have a backlog of things I haven't replied to because I don't know how to even catch someone up. 
or kind of like what to be asking back if you are just living quite different lives at times. But I wonder how other people feel about that. Very random, but what I'm thinking of is uh, it reminds me of maintenance work uh, and a backlog of customer support requests. <laughs> that kind of energy. But um, yeah, I think I don't know. Like, what, so I'll, I'll, go, I'll come back with a question, which is like, is there a standard to, I guess, what someone's social needs are, or like a human social needs are? Because I don't know. Sometimes I feel, what you're saying makes me feel irresponsible. Because, can you hear that? <laughs> but it makes me, uh, yeah, I don't know. It makes me feel like, I actually just dip in and out of uh, different moments, being close to different people, and then just like two years pass by, and then I might reconnect with some people, and then you know, I go in those waves because I uh, kind of like with networking, the social energy required to sort of regularly catch up with people doesn't uh, feel very appealing to me. Do you think that those uh, socialization needs are the same for everyone or they unique where I'm heading to I sort of have a feeling that um, everyone needs to define what is that they are looking for in a friendship and maybe there is no formula because it, I mean what we shared we all have completely different approaches and they come from completely different angles Jason wants to he doesn't want to speak to people at Apparently, just to sit on the sofa for four hours. That's my take. So that becomes his uh, friendship requirement. Um, for Kieran, it's uh, not, not planning um, anything, right? So I don't know. Um, maybe it comes down to everyone understanding those social needs they have on a deeper level than just having friends. But what is, what is he looking for? Um, and then getting comfortable with it and not, don't go in, uh, don't copy in what, what others are doing. Sometimes we do it naturally, right? Like even following this like, social media <laughs> situation, uh, it's a constant form of the same with friendship is somebody is constantly meeting their, uh, friends every Friday and you sort of feel that, oh, I, I don't have it. Well, maybe you don't you don't need it, but equally they might not need it as well, and they actually deep pain on that Friday Friday dinner, really struggling in that expensive restaurant and almost crying, and so it's really confusing. Um, I don't know. I think I'll definitely will will do this exercise for myself. Trying to understand what is that I was looking for, and uh, can 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 London even deliver? Am I, am I setting the realistic expectations for what I want to have? I cannot reproduce like or replicate Kiev. I cannot come back to Kiev. So is it, what is it I want? A reference you should look at Yulia is, um, in Arabic, they have, um, like 12 levels for friendship. So it kind of starts at like what is considered like the absolute best friend all the way down to like, we're an acquaintance. And they have words for each level of friendship. So 
now in the English language, what we describe as friendship, it clearly has so many different levels to it, but we don't have the language versus other languages do actually have the terminology for this and the kind of like the way of describing, um, instead of just like a friend and a best friend, it's like actually what's the meaning behind this relationship, which I think is kind of cool. So I think another thing that I was thinking about, <laughs> um, I had something, but I, I lost it now. Um, oh yeah. I was trying to think, okay, I'm, I'm meeting a friend. I, I think I'm meeting a friend, but then are they like, would they consider me as a friend or am I a connection or acquaintance? It's like, you might share moments, but you might not share the same feelings of how you feel about each other because <laughs> I have that experience of like, why are you calling me a friend? I'm not your friend. But then if they consider you as a friend, I'm like, as if I have like three level, um, approval system of becoming friends. Like, would you, would you like to connect? Yes. Would you like to? become acquaintance okay would you like to be friends okay like yeah going back to the arabic arabic system i think i have like a three level thing where um i have to like kind of do that and also i think i i also have like opposite case where i felt like huh, we're quite close but then thinking back like maybe we weren't like that kind of thing. So I don't know, like f friends, acquaintance, like but those levels, we don't say it. We might have like another general level. We might have like acquaintance and like stranger, acquaintance, friend, but then there are many more levels to that. And also, oh, there was a fun exercise that I did when I was in uni. Um, so you put down absolutely everyone that, you know, you try to, like that comes to your mind and then draw a swirl and then from the center towards the outside, now put yourself in the center and then start with the one closest to you and like putting them in a swirl So and see like what the distance is to each people are like you kind of rank your like rank the people around you who you value the most or you're okay losing to all that level and yeah that's when i realized that like the frequency of meetups or like catch-ups didn't really mean much because I mean, if, if we bring like families into this concept of like feeling close or whatever, I, I think I am personally in, in terms of like, um, a stakeholder in a relationship in a family setting, I am by far most of most horrible persona I can be like in, in a friendship, I'll be decent in in a <laughs> like relationship i'll be like decent but in a family relationship i'll be like yeah whatever you do you i don't care but then i do care but like i don't really do much for them or like put too much effort because i know it's gonna be there kind of i don't know 
Like you say all sorts of shit to your sister when when you do like love her. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But <laughs> but you know, it's it's a different feeling, and like the frequency and the effort that's put in, all those things don't really. If I don't know the, the like feeling close friends feel like they're relevant things but they might not be frequency might also be maybe not so yeah i i don't know what are your kpis because mine's like messed up <laughs> i don't know how to like define it i think i'm guilty of being one of those people that so for example yulia introduces us to some of her friends and i go home and describe it as oh I had some really interesting chats with some new friends. Not that necessarily they're people that I'm going to reconnect with unless kind of like Yulia does the connection. But in my head, because I have met people that are similar in terms of potentially lifestyle or interests, I've already categorized them as like a potential for friendship. So I would probably, the way I did it, and I realized afterwards, I was like, oh, is that weird? I've only just met them. But I've already said it's like, oh, new friends. So I'm probably guilty of like, Jason, I would meet you and be like, oh, I've made new friends. And it would be you and you'd be like, we're not friends. <laughs> so I'm probably guilty of that. But then we may never, ever meet again, but I still would have described you in that way. Um, I thought it'd be useful though. I'm going to read out the 12 stages of the friendship pyramid. So the way it is, is at the base, it's like you have um, a lot of these types of relationships. And then kind of as you go up the pyramid, you kind of uh start to get to fewer and fewer and fewer of these um so this is in arabic i won't read the arabic term because i don't know how to um but i'll just describe i'll read out the description so at the very base we have a fellow of the same age above that you have a colleague above that you have a person with whom you sit around above that is a companion in nightly conversations I think that's maybe a bad translation because I don't think it means nightly in a flirting way. Um, above that, you have a boon and a drinking companion. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I hadn't uh, cross-referenced this before I'm reading it out. Um, above that, you have a companion. Above that, you have a close companion, especially in travel or comrade. Then you have a friend. Then you have a very close intimate friend. And then you have a friend, oh, a friend whose presence brings calm and happiness. And then you have a confidant or a bosom friend with who you commune. Okay. Bosom friend is like, um, it's not literally like bosom. It's just like you hang, like you're close. You're like, you're like, you're like this. <laughs> Maybe, you know, like a, a London version with whom you commute. <laughs> yeah. And then you have the best friend aka the chosen one over other friends and then you have a spiritual double or your soulmate so that is the pyramid i like the the place of the colleague <laughs> very low <laughs> the colleague aka the person you have awkward chats with while you're making tea or coffee so weirdly this reminds me of uh what's it called dunbar dunbar's numbers the 
the one where like you have a certain capacity of social relationships and in your closest circle is like your family and something and keeps expanding and i think the maximum you can have is 150 or something like that yeah are they similar um i could imagine taking jason's circle idea like you could kind of have the 150 and just see how they stack up on that pyramid I don't even keep in, I don't keep in contact with 150 people. I don't know who does. That feels insane to me. <laughs> Imagine the amount of planning that needs to go into it. <laughs> I could do it if we all lived in Hackney. If I had like 150 people that all lived within Hackney or like a few boroughs around the outskirts, cool. But like the second people are like all over the world in other parts of London. Just a street full of your friends. I would love that so much. Although it might be pretty much, actually. I want them all to live on one street, but then I live separately, so I can go. (laughs) Even when I want to be social, and then step back when I don't want to be. That's why I I tried to make my Italian friends get married, so that I only have to visit one town and I'll just be there. (laughs) Please make it happen. (laughs) They are something special about the hockey. When I was there chatting to Arnold before, before this podcast, I was imagining Hackney as a key for inside London almost. And I think it's not just the size, but also how, how designed. So that my concept of going to the same places and places being designed in a way that actually facilitates the conversation. So when we were there last time. We just sat with a random guy and had a conversation and exchanged what we do for life. In West London, it will just never happen uh, for whatever reason. It's just a different, yeah, everything is different. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to understand. I like, the, I like the magic when it's happening and I'm always trying to find the sensors, but what are the design principles for that? Maybe there are none, but. There's definitely something very magical about uh, the, the place itself and how it how it accelerates the serendipity, I guess. I think maybe it just um like different boroughs have, or at least within London, kind of different re- and no reputations and some of those are like reputations that have organically grown and other ones are like you kind of realize it after the fact and I wonder if it's like um I don't know like for me West London is like the a safe family space to kind of like I don't know you raise a family or you kind of live out a kind of a more relaxed calming life and I kind of always associate it more with like a, a feeling of being settled in whatever respect that means. And it might just mean that there's less likely to be um, just organic things that occur and spawn out versus there are other London boroughs that maybe attract, um, I don't know, just a bit more chaos or a bit more randomness or a bit more, uh, I don't know, just random moments that 
can evolve into something or maybe they don't maybe they're just really awkward and you walk away um but yeah I wonder how much of that is the architecture and like done by design versus like I don't know either town planning or just like what initiatives have passed or is it just the fact that an interesting community of people move there and it's grown from there I've yeah I don't know I don't know I see a big opportunity of you writing a letter to Mayor of London to find out if they know the answer that would be very you I have a question (laughs) (laughs) you joke but I'm in regular Mm -hmm. contact with one of my councillors because they actually reply and it's the first time I've been in London at a councillor reply we're having we're having some great chat okay I think our time is uh, going to an end here and I suggest us all to reflect on what what the key lesson I guess you learned today and the one that you want to take forward Uh, I start I think for me the the key takeaway is sort of a bit twofold but I think it's really related it's about the fact that I should not be setting in expectations for a new place for it to feel the same way as the old place was uh, really illogical, not possible, counterintuitive, and maybe not needed. So being very open-minded and uh, looking for new rather than the replicating the old. And relating to it, related to this one is knowing that the, the past will never repeat on a small level. History will repeat itself, but let's let assume that our social magic will not repeat itself. It's really, I want to remind myself every time I feel good being appreciative of that exact moment, not setting expectations or it to be any better, just feeling lucky that I had it there and then the way, the way I have it. Um, mine is from nothing that any of you have said. So sorry. <laughs> it's probably from what ends up being in the outtakes. Um, but. It's made me reflect that whatever my base level of friendship is, like, there has to be laughter. And if there's not, like, a kind of natural laughter in it, as interesting as a conversation can be, maybe for me that's not quite a level of friendship. And maybe I'm realizing that's a really important KPI, as Jason said, for me. So you've helped me realize that. So thank you. My takeaway today is that I don't, I haven't really said anything about making friends. <laughs> I think this was making friends in big cities. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, that I'll, I'll try to think about how to make friends because yeah, I don't think I've touched on that. And also another thing is how I have been quite lucky to just naturally have like or end up having friends in the in the end um without really have putting in extra effort maybe it's because i'm a fantastic person I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um my lesson is that yeah uh, people see friendship in different ways and also the 12 levels <laughs> was very interesting for me because i think i was doing that like without really 
knowing. Yeah. I like that. And last but not least, Arnold. Yeah. Um, I think my take, oh, I think my takeaway is quite a simple one. I think it's based on what Kieran mentioned around the difference between you know, having friends that you're constantly catching up with or friends that you're actually experiencing new things. And I think it's partly the perception and understanding of what a friendship is and you know, sometimes you've never experienced something and you think you're experiencing it in the right way, but actually if you look at it differently, people are like, you know, you can experience something completely different and you know, maybe having that shift between, you know, maybe it's not always about catching up, but trying to do stuff together and focusing more on that, maybe you establish more successful and deeper friendships than maybe what you, what everybody have now. And it might lead to newer friendships from that. Uh, that's my takeaway. So are we friends? We're all friends. No, we're, no, we're colleagues. We have to oh, be This is purely a working relationship, guys. <laughs> and that was it. A bit sudden, quite abrupt, and perhaps a real end. To make the finish a bit more smooth for you, you can imagine us being kicked out of the meeting room or perhaps trying to catch the last train. In reality, we went offbeat chatting about how much we like the process of recording this podcast and our future plans. We hope you liked listening to us and we'll come back for more. But in the meantime, please do share your feedback to help us become better. You can find all the details in the description. We wish you the nicest remainder of your day.